um, first, uh, congratulations on your very first uh, podcast with me. Oh, it's going to be fun, yeah. Yeah, this is exciting. Um, I am, uh, this is my very first podcast, so it'll be exciting to be able to see how um, it goes. Yeah, good times, huh? Yeah. I believe we were going to talk about modesty. Yes. So, um, kind of the idea behind these podcasts in general is going to be to go through some of the stuff people don't always think about in terms of martial arts, in terms of life. Um, and also, I think that you and I both have a different perspective on how to approach life from a martial artist perspective, um, which gives us something to kind of go as a basis to have an interesting discussion on. So, um, Yes, and I think the, the, the choice of, to discuss modesty is one that's quite relevant and one that re- resonates with me personally. Um, I find that nowadays uh, modesty is not necessarily a commodity that's advertised in martial arts. I believe that society, we've seen uh, a tremendous growth in the art and I believe that we have been able to produce incredibly talented fighters that everyone's been inspired by in their skill base. And the ramifications that um, we, we're missing the opportunity to, to admire them as warriors. I feel that uh, a warrior is someone who uh, takes those same challenges on the outside. They're just as valuable on the inside. And I think current, uh, the currency of modesty has been lost. When do you think, do you think like, because I know Mike Tyson and uh, Muhammad Ali and all them, they get into this drama. Do you think it's a lack of modesty or a uh, goal to kind of push uh, an agenda, like selling tickets to your show or getting more pay-per-views? Cause, oh, you know, yeah, I, I totally agree that it's, that it's that is an, an agenda that is designed specifically to um, uh, open our wallets because you know you got to make a living. You know every UFC fight that's successful taking a title in that's fifty thousand dollars. You know that that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know a purse of that size of fifty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand. You know what we've seen millions of dollars. Um, you know that's that's very enticing. Um, and I think many fighters would, you know, want to go for that. Um, I, I just feel that for. For myself, I don't, I don't see the respect that, you know, I see respect and being applied post-production, but not during the process. You know, the fact that you have a lot of respect for somebody, you know, there's, there's examples that are out there, um, but uh, I don't see it as a theme. I think uh, when we identify individuals as the martial arts that are modest, we are identifying outliers, not the theme of what we're looking for. Do you think respect uh, is modesty? No. Um, in most individuals, I think, when we talk about modesty, the reference really is, you know, you cover your head, you bow your eyes, you know, you, you put a towel in front of yourself when you're weighing in so nobody sees, you know, your, your nakedness. Um, but I think those are just superficial manifestations of what modesty is supposed to be. You know, by doing those actions, hopefully you're, reflecting a little deeper in yourself 
about um, the fact that you are not going to place yourself in a situation that's going to result in a misinterpretation of your attitude, thereby causing violence to occur and ramifications that will ripple into multiple lives. So, so when somebody um, like challenges your skill or ability or whatever, you don't think that um, standing up for yourself. And a lot of times, in you know, when you watch the Conor McGregor yelling at you know mm -hmm. everyone basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's an incredibly talented fighter, and so many individuals have learned so much from him indirectly. Yeah. So. So you don't think that when someone comes out and says, oh, you know, like, F you, Connor, like, you don't know what you're talking about, I'd knock you out in a second. What is, is, is he supposed to be modest and, you know, be like, oh, you know, you are a pretty good fighter? Because he's not going to... No, because his job right there, his job is to create tribalism, to create the group of us and them, those that hate Connor and want to pay to see him get beat up, and those that love Connor that want to pay to see him beat someone else up, regardless Connor wants to fill the stands, and it's the same for um, any other fighter. And we're just using him because you know I find him animated and exciting. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of examples of people not being modest in today's society, but yes, and 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 that would br brings me to the, the argument that it's it's a lost characteristic, and in the martial arts, uh, um, you you said well, well somebody's calling you names, you know, well, well yeah, so they call me names. So, so now I have to engage in that verbal battle. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, first off, you know, the, the role of a warrior is to protect the foolish and the innocent. And the people you're protecting from is from yourself. So if somebody's calling me names and, you know, making fun of my hair or the way I dress, the way I speak, what I've done, the training I've done, it's like, you know, okay. You know, one, this is America. And second is, you know, if I've got good modesty, you know, um, his words should not bring me to anger. That would mean I was weak. Mm. That would mean that um, uh, I, my ego got in the way of my training. And if my emotions were riled up, it would show me that, you know, I'm, I've got some work to do on the inside. I've got some training to do. You know, a person's words should not hurt me. Because, like, my experience with, you know, like, competition, and obviously I'm not at, you know, multi-million dollar UFC deals, but uh, I haven't really sparred or fought anybody who's been blatantly disrespectful other than to uh, rile up some sort of emotion. And so, like, when we're talking about modesty, though, like, the the definition that we teach the, the kiddos includes, you know, uh, Be humble, with your humble humility, um, it, you know, you don't, need to... Don't brag, show off. Yeah. Be appropriate in dress or great change of conduct and that character, courage and decency, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that for some people, uh, the selling tickets is their goal. So for them to be modest in their goal would be to, you know, yell at somebody, swear at somebody, curse at somebody, buy the fancy car, crash the fancy car, you know, whatever it is. Because... That's how they. That's yeah, how they I show. I would. I would. Yeah, that would be the show. But um, for me, uh, that's just part of the human condition, the human experience, is to grow and make errors and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, 
many athletes and fighters would say, "Don't put them on a pedestal because they, you know, they want to have the opportunity to, to be good or be bad or to be human." But you know, it's our nature to put some in a pedestal so we can idolize them. But then we end up tearing them down. Yeah, never meet your heroes. You know. Yeah. So you and it, and it's hard. Um, you know, I I I appreciate the individuals that I've met and been able to continue to admire to this day to inspire me to have great stories and, and, and an uplifting experience. You know, I like heroes, which I think is one of the reasons why we you know, go to the cinema so much, so we can find somebody who's a hero who struggles and, and overcomes battles and, and they, in the conflict we get to see how they grow and they develop. Yeah, speaking on that, I saw an interesting thing. This might be a tangent, but um, the hero and the villain both have the same story. It's just how they choose to end the story that makes them either a hero or a villain. You know, both parents die. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. kids grow up in poverty. Both kids have some tragic story happen to them. But, you know, the good guy is the person who can overcome that and uh, kind of show everyone around them that they are still uh, in the game, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But there's an argument to be made that the reason why, you know, people like the villain is because, you know, I mean, everybody loves the Joker, you know, that's mm-hmm. why there's 57 of them. Um, but there's an argument to be made that says, you know, people like the villain because they, uh, they fight for what they want. And deep down, all of us, we're trying to fight for what we want, not for the greater good. We mm-hmm. respect the hero. Everyone respects the hero. But like, you know, nowadays the most popular ones are Batman over Superman because Batman fights for a lot more what he wants and he's more violent and he does things in a, in a more rash way yeah. whereas Superman flying up to save kitties out of trees is not necessarily where people can relate to in their so, everyday life. So which would you say is practicing a, a brand of modesty? I would say Superman is practicing a brand of modesty but uh, at the same time it's like the end goals for both people are the same. You know? Bruce Banner's trying to help people, and so is Clark Kent. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Did I say Bruce Banner? You he did, he is yeah. trying to help people, too. He is. That's yes. the Hulk. It is, it is. Wrong yeah. universe. Wrong universe. But, um, you know, for myself, what happens is I don't want, you know, I believe that people, um, gr- they, they take modesty and respect and they put them together because they're not able to identify what modesty is. And that's why I say it's a lost commodity. True. It's a lost commodity that is used as we grow to be able to see both that same value in the antagonist, mm-hmm. the Joker, when you're Batman. We can see in that story that the Joker recognizes <laughs> Batman Move the plant, a lot. Smack it. It's kind of rude. It is. <laughs> we, we can recognize that in that story that um, the Joker recognizes the skills of Batman. Okay. True. He, he admires him. He respects them we would say that and um, and that's not reciprocated so then if we're talking about modesty what's the difference between respect and modesty modesty is internal it is a reflection of the capacity that when you go to battle somebody in the ring when you go to battle somebody on the street you recognize that they are you and you are them it is personal Um, it is an, an, an exercise in wouldn't you equate that more to like integrity rather than modesty no, integrity is being true to the commitments that you've made, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just commitment. So I feel like in- integrity is true to yourself in- at all aspects, which people, is people, an internal trait. I, w- I would argue that people develop and their integrity monitors will change as they, uh, through experiences that they've had, um, whether or not they're willing to compromise certain places mm-hmm. to maintain the integrity of somebody else. But, um, but everything you've described so far, how people are acting, um, their behaviors, their mannerisms, and stuff like that has all been external. Um, yes, and that is because our, my argument is that uh, if we go back to an example I'll use is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where we see the little girl saying, I want it, I want it now. She mm-hmm. wants instant gratification. Give it to me now. I want my gobstubble, wobble, wobble, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I really Wonka, but she, that's she, gonna be that's gonna be a quote. Everybody yeah. remember that gobstopper wobble, wobble. I don't know. What so, so she wants it now. Okay, but then what happens? We see that that's a tangible thing. We we fast forward forty years, and now we see that we're looking for emotional self gratification immediately. Mm. And the byproduct of that is we've walked through life with blinders on our eyes not realizing that by wanting our emotional feedback of saying I'm right and that's the end of the story, mm-hmm. what happens is we have n- not had the opportunity to reflect on what modesty is supposed to be for us in the martial arts. And So you're saying each person needs to figure out what kind of battle they're fighting? People don't. We're so consumed with being distracted that we don't have a chance to reflect inwards. So modesty has been simply cover your head, you know, don't show any cleavage, that skirt's too high, um, you shouldn't be seeing that stuff on TV. What happens, it's all superficial. And the purpose is to lower your eyes, to cover your head, to keep yourself modest, to initiate a discussion inside your own spirit to say, you know, am I recognizing my am own Am I showing truth, what my own truth? I mean to? Yes. Mm. You, you, you wouldn't want to boast to your enemy what your skill base is. We learned that in the art of war. Somebody says, you know, you don't, you don't tell your opponent you're going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just bad battle tactics. Yeah. So, you, so you, know, you know, go be strong where you're weak, appear strong where you're weak. Okay, appear weak where you're strong, draw him in. Those are the strategies that we use. Instead, what we do is we get caught up in the emotional uh, display. Now, I'm not against the emotional display. The stare down when two fighters come up and face each other, okay, that's important. Okay, it's there designed specifically to initiate self-doubt in your competitor at the moment fatigue happens. Mm-hmm. We're talking about split seconds. These are highly trained athletes. Okay, they should know that in round three, okay, they only need a two and a half second reprieve. You know, a half a second is all you need. You only need an extra two inches. Mm-hmm. You only need an extra two inches to get that get that strike. You only need them to drop their hand just for a moment while you come through. It's split seconds. And when someone's hurt, someone's injured, the stare down initiates them to be able to have self doubt. Modesty isn't a matter of self-doubt. Modesty is an opportunity to promote self-reflection and say, I'm not going to be boastful about what I don't have. I need to know what my weaknesses are so I can strengthen them. So it's it's almost like becoming more private 
to, uh, like, if you were to tell somebody who you believe is not modest, you would say to them, like, keep the things that you're good at private, keep the things that you uh, are excited about private, you know, like, obviously a girl wants to show off the new bikini or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I would argue that's superficial, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so uh, you think it's okay to, you know, walk around naked or not put the towel up when people are uh, weighing in or whatever, as long as they're true to themselves when they I, do it? I would argue that, um, again, what happens is we've been looking for other people to control that. I think modesty would be turning away. The argument is, you know, if they're naked, if they're wearing a bikini, okay? The concern isn't what, what they're doing. The concern is, is how am I reacting to it? I need to be able to turn away. So oh, somebody, I see what you're saying. So, so modesty is an internal currency. So Gabe, stop trying involved. to tell other people what to do and start <laughs> focusing on yourself. <laughs> now, we, we hear that, okay, but that's just the parent trying to teach a lesson that says, you know, look internally, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, take the, uh, the, the beam out of your own eye to try to remove the splinter from someone else's. I suppose that would be a wise word. There's mm-hmm. many wise words out there. But um, this, I believe that we have not spent enough time Disconnected enough to be able to self reflect. So you think that. And the price has been modesty. Mm -hmm. So don't. uh, Advice for people who think that. Or maybe just advice. What do you think we need to do to fix this? Um, When when you're broke, you want to make money. So if you have no modesty. One would probably need to say, or you, or you even thinking about this, um, that's a huge start. Most individuals would, you, you know, you can't tell somebody you're being immodest. They, they can't hear you, mm-hmm. and they're not interested. Um, so anybody who uh, can reflect on it knows that um, knows that internal strength is is designed and built and comes from place where you have no choice and this is where you start to develop that characteristic of being able to fight from a place where you have to draw on your own character and modesty modesty is overlooked as a, as a key ingredient in developing character I think that's a pretty good place to say goodbye unless you have any final thoughts hmm no um, I don't know I don't know when I'm tangent there I Think it's good, so, but uh, that's that's my my big uh, concept on on modesty. It's, it is private, it is internal, and as martial arts instructors, um, I would argue that um, we need to share with our students um, how to admire the fighter and to search for the warrior. Warriors are going to turn internalize this. They're going to try to find their strength. Admire strength, respect the warrior. Most definitely. Um, you know, it's not your record of fight and wins and loss that make you dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, um, it's whether or not you've conquered your own demons, whether or not you've been able to, to grow as an individual, as a person. So there's, there's countless stories. And we can do that in a pod- podcast also of individuals that I admire that other people could seek out and, yeah. um, and uh, search their YouTube videos. But this was really about where my attention is yeah so i like that anyway 
Uh, we don't have a name for this, but it'll be in the title, I guess. Uh, we got to come up with a catchy name. Any ideas for a catchy name? Um, no. No, I don't. <laughs>